up every hour with the same songs on repeat Every day feels like another broken memory Drinking beer with my coffee, eating breakfast For lunch, stuck on you morning, day and evening Even my therapist says enough Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Shred's Takes. I'm Mike Shredder, the host of this podcast. Thank you guys again for tuning in and keeping in touch with the program. If you guys haven't checked out some recent episodes, I've been doing some stuff for this new paper called The Amherst Student. I post interviews with Amherst athletes, which have been, been posted up weekly, you know, about two, one to two a week. So I hope you guys take the time to tune into those. Also, we're going to have more episodes flooding in um you know in the next week or so too so definitely check the youtube channel and apple podcast and spotify for the latest episodes coming out so i'm gonna break down some stuff for you guys today um but i think the thing i want to talk about specifically is the success and not success of certain teams in the nba so far in this early part of the season obviously look people are overreacting to certain people teams and players having success right now off the bat if you look at just generally, right, if you look at the Eastern Conference standings, you know, the New York Knicks right now are the number one seed at the moment in time in the East. Now, do I think that's going to last necessarily? I don't know, right? I don't know. I'm a huge Knicks fan. I love the way they've been playing so far, but I don't know, right? I mean, because, right, you know, the Nets can figure it out because they still have James Harden and Kevin Durant. But I think the, you know, the, the fact is you're looking at teams like the Lakers who are two and three, the Suns are one and three, the Nets are two and three. Um, even just going down the line, I mean, the Bucks are three and two. They're seven seed right now. The, you know, the the Celtics are two and three. Um, the, the the Wizards are four and one. Um, you look at like the type of Timberwolves are three and one, and the Kings are the six seed. And you look at the fact that also like the Clippers, right, with Paul George are one and three. So it's a very weird start this season. I think the games have been very intense and very high level. But I think ultimately, I'm going to break down a few teams for you guys, right? I think we're going to start with the Knicks because I think what I think people need to understand is that I think the Knicks are a team that can get out of the first round, but their ceiling is only the second round of the playoffs, in my opinion. And the reason why I think that is because while I think they have a lot of great continuity, and look, maybe they can go farther, and I hope they do, because I think they have a, a formula to be successful. It's just that ultimately their talent, their top guys – are not as good as the other teams in the Eastern Conference, ultimately, the top teams. Giannis and Chris Middleton are better than Julius Randle and, and Kemba Walker, R.J. Barrett, right? The, the big three on Milwaukee is better than the big three on the Knicks, right? If you look at the two best players on the Nets, right, arguably that's James Harden. Well, obviously the Nets is James Harden and Kevin Durant. But if you look at the Knicks, for example, right, the Knicks have Julius Randle and Kemba Walker, right? Those are probably your, your top two players. Then you can also sprinkle in maybe Evan Fournier and R.J. Barrett to that equation, right? They're probably – the, the Knicks might have a deeper team. But if you're looking at, at the fact that James Harden and Kevin Durant play at their best, they're better than the Knicks. At this point, I would say the Knicks are a better team just because they, they're playing with better continuity. Harden has been terrible to start the season. Yes, right now, as, as they, you know, he's been really bad. But I think with the Knicks, it's, it's, it's important to note what they're doing well, right? This is exactly what they did well last year, but I think they're a deeper team and they have better production. And I think that is so, so important when you look at good teams and teams that can be built 
um, to be successful in the future, right? So with the Knicks specifically, I look at a few things, right? I look at the fact of, okay, um, you know, how are the other guys contributing? Because we know that Julius Randle, we know that, you know, the other guys like R.J. Barrett can produce. But if you look at this, so like Julius Randle, for example, is not shooting very well from the floor. He hasn't played that well this year um, in terms of field goal percentage. He's only shooting 40.6% from the floor, only 29% from three, right? But he's still averaging 23 points a game. So he's still playing and scoring a lot of points. He's just not shooting a very efficient percentage, like including last night. He was three of 12 last night for 13 points. But he hit big shots, and the Knicks still can find ways to win when he doesn't play well, which is very different than it was last season. Now, it's early, right, and things are going to definitely change during the season. You have definitely, you know, ups and downs during the season. But if you look at their team overall, right, you've got Evan Fournier, who's got 17 points a game. He's shooting 41, 41.9% from three. You've got Kemba Walker, who's shooting 49% from the floor and 58% from three. You got R.J. Barrett, who's shooting – I'm sorry, you got Derek Rose, who's shooting 54% from three, 48% from the floor. You got Obi Toppin, who's shooting 60% from the floor, averaging 8.6 points. You got Mitchell Robinson, who shoots 80 – oh, look, he's shooting 86.4% from the floor, right? And, and so what does this ultimately boil down to, right? Why am I saying, you know, I'm excited about the Knicks and what they bring to the table? It all boils down to creating good culture, right? The NBA, I think that's an important thing, right? Even if you have top talent, the reason why, like, the Lakers are struggling, for example, is because of cohesion, right? Westbrook not fitting as well with LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, the, the, the Westbrook problems of turning the ball over a lot, right? But if you look at the Knicks, for example, what they are doing very well and what needs to be pointed out is the fact that the Knicks are doing what they should be doing in terms of the fact of they are breaking down teams in, in a sense of just from a cohesion standpoint, from playing excellent defense right, which is super important, right? Defense obviously is really important, but they're, they're also playing with a great cohesion. And the, that, that's contributing to the fact that Obi Toppin's playing better than he did last season. You know, you have the fact that Mitchell Robinson's contributing really well this season. Derek Rose, Kemba Walker, Evan DeFornia, they have a bunch of guys who are scoring in double figures, right? At this moment in time, they got Julius Randle, Fournier, Kemba Walker, R.J. Barrett who will, and Derrick Rose are all scoring in double figures and all averaging a little over 13 points a game or more, right? That is huge. If you have a bunch of guys who can, you can at least count upon, right? Julius Randle struggled last night, so you had great play from R.J. Barrett, from Fournier, and from Kemba Walker, right? And Derrick Rose off the bench. That is a, that's a formula for success. That's going to help them win down the road, and that's important when we're starting to break this stuff down and like what teams can do to be successful. Right. And, and look, now I'm going to turn it over to the fact that that, that was a team I want to bring some success to, right? Because the Knicks are building off of last season, I think, in a positive direction. And that is something they're able to do and they've been successful with. Now I'm going to turn over to the Brooklyn Nets, right? Brooklyn Nets had a lot of hype going into this year. Obviously, Kyrie Irving's not able to play because of his vaccination status, but because of the New York law basically saying at any indoor event, you have to be vaccinated pretty much. So they, they've had, they, they started off with a bit of a rocky start. It's not because of Kevin Durant. He's been playing fantastic this season. Kevin Durant's been playing really, really well. But the Nets don't really play great defense. Um, they don't. They, 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 you know, they, they, they struggle against big guys. I mean, you look at the fact that Bam Adebayo's had. You look at the success that uh, Giannis had against them this year, right? Sabonis currently, as we're playing, was having a, a monster game. 
But Durant's playing excellent this year, right? He has a 31 PER, which is what is tops in the league. You've got the fact that he's averaging 29.8 points, 10 rebounds and five assists, right? His assists are higher than they've been in a lot of points in his career. He's shooting 50, almost 55% from the floor and he's shooting 36% from three. And he's a little, little down his free throws. Um, he's at 78.8%, which I expect to go up because it's only been five games. So he's not the issue, right? He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. The thing is, though, is the Nets don't have a rim protector. That's consistent. Nick's, Nick Claxton, I think, actually does a good job for them. But he, in terms of the fact that he's young, he's inexperienced, he's not strong like the other bigs are in the NBA yet, I think he's going to be very good, right? So, that, so that's the problem. And then you have LaMarcus Aldridge, who isn't a rim protector whatsoever. Paul Millsap isn't a rim protector, and neither is Blake Griffin. So they're defensively, they have the same issues they had last season, which ultimately I think cost them against Milwaukee, right? Yes, Kyrie Irving not being there ultimately cost that too. But I think that's what allowed Giannis to have so much success against them was because of the fact they can't stop him at the rim, right? They can't stop guys from getting to the paint and scoring. But if you look at James Harden, for example, he's really struggled, right? James Harden's having a miserable, miserable start to the season. Really is. Right? James Harden this season is averaging 16.6 points a game, um, which is the lowest in his career since, yeah, the lowest in his career since 2010 and 11. He averaged more points in the 11, 12 season than he is this year. And right now he's averaging 4.6 turnovers. He's, he's shooting 33% from the 36% from the four and 33% from three. So and he's, and he, and that's, that's a problem. And he's also only averaging three free throws a game. So that's, so that's also the thing that people don't, I think, need to, need to put in consideration. James Harden, with the rule changes, has not played up to par. I think also that he's not in that, you know, elite basketball shape has contributed a little bit to that too. But I think the big thing too is James Harden has and needs to play better um, the way he's playing. I think he'll turn around, but he needs to adjust the foul call uh, rules better. He's got to stop looking for calls and making the right play. Right, that's contributing to why the Nets are losing games right now. They, 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 they don't guard anyone, and right now they're a one-man show, and the depth has not played as well as they need to do, besides like Patty Mills, who's played very well. Right, So that's kind of the way I look at the Nets. And I think a big storyline, too, is we got to look at the Chicago Bulls. Right, The Chicago Bulls did lose to the Knicks on Thursday, but they have been playing very good basketball. Right, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic. Lonzo Ball, Caruso, Pat Williams. These guys are contributing to the, to the team's success. They're good defensively. They move the ball pretty well. They have three guys who can definitely score 20 points a game. Nick Vucevic needs to get it going a little bit, but DeMar Rosen and, and Levine can totally score. Now, the big thing with them, right, is like they're, they're, they're beginning part of the schedule. They didn't really play anyone that elite, right? And that, that is a little bit of a concern, right? That's why, like, you know, for example, I thought they had a you – know, they've been very good, obviously, but – in their four wins, for example, they played the Raptors, the Pistons twice, and the Pelicans, right? Those are not very good teams, right? The Raptors play very, you know, they're very well coached. They, they play very hard, but they're a young team that's kind of trying to find, like, find their guy. They don't know if Siakam's the guy, right? Scotty Barnes has been playing really well, obviously, for them. So they don't really know who they can trust there in Toronto. The Pelicans are a mess right now. They don't guard anyone, and they're just not very good, right? And the Pistons, obviously, just aren't a very good team. Right. And, and so they have to start beating good teams. And I think they are going to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference just because from a talent standpoint, as well, as long as they don't, you know, are as long as they play defense, 
move the ball and, and show some level of cohesion getting better over the year, they're going to be one of the top teams because they have three guys in their team who can easily put up 20 points. Lonzo Ball can give you 15, 10, and 10, and 10 each night. Like he's, just, he, like he's a guy that can get a triple-double, right, he, and he defends at a high level. Caruso off the bench is a guy that can definitely defend. Pat Williams can defend at a high level, right? So the, the only question I have with the Bulls is their depth. I think they're going to be very, very good, right? So the Knicks win over them is, is a big win, obviously, for the Knicks in the early part of the season. But the Bulls' success is not something to be surprised about. They're a very, very good team, and I think they're going to continue to be very good at this moment in time. I think another team we got to look at, though, in great details is the Golden State Warriors, right? The Golden State Warriors are 4-1 and one right now on the season. They just lost to Memphis the other night. But I think the big thing for me to take away from it is a few things, right? Golden State, the reason why they've been good is, A, Steph Curry's averaging 30 points a game. They're, they're one of the top teams defensively in the league. But I think also the fact is you look at the, the, the guys understanding their roles, right? Jordan Poole has taken a big step forward this year. You look at the fact that Andrew Wiggins is still playing at a high level. Kevon Looney and Draymond Green are doing the dirty work, and Draymond Green's doing what he usually does, playing good defense, getting guys involved, rebounding at a high level, and scoring, you know, 8 to eight to 12 points. That's kind of what he's been doing, right? So I like, I like what Golden State brings. I like the fact that, you know, they're going to get Klay Thompson back soon and Jonathan Kaminga and James Wiseman. Like, this team's going to be very dangerous if they're able to put those pieces together, right? And that is if they put the pieces together. But I like the way they've started the season. And they beat some good teams. You know, Steph Curry's went off and played really well. That's important, right? And obviously, look, we know how great Steph is. He's a top three or four player in the world, arguably, right? So he's playing really well, and that's important. And I kind of want to end off with, with is, is the Lakers, right? They're two and three, and LeBron hasn't played the last two games. They just blew a 26-point lead to the Thunder because of bad shot, take, you know, shot decisions and selection. And what Russell Westbrook, unfortunately, performing in a bad Russell Westbrook manner. What I mean by that is a lot of turnovers and a lot of bad shooting and bad decisions. Westbrook is, a, is an elite-level talent, elite-level player. But the problem with Westbrook is that he, since he, he doesn't have the greatest feel for the game, like a guy like LeBron, like a Luka Doncic, like a Chris Paul, right? He plays on, on pure instinct, athleticism, and just tenacity. And that's why he's been, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's why he's been one of the top players in the league for so such a long time. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when I look at a guy like Russell Westbrook, he is a, he, he, his fit, I, I said from the start, I wasn't a fan of his fit. And the reason why I wasn't a fan of it at first was because, unfortunately, Russell Westbrook has not lived up, I think, to the fact that with the Lakers, he hasn't played that great in the majority of the games he's played in right? He did have a triple-double against the Thunder, but he had 10 turnovers, right? Against the Spurs, he was fantastic. But the first two games or three games, right, he wasn't very good. He wasn't very good. Um, he just wasn't. And um, that's a, that, that is just something I, I think that needs to be said. Um, you know, he needs to be better. Um, and I, I think the thing is, his fit with LeBron, Anthony Davis is interesting because we all know he can put up those monster stats with another superstar. He's done it his whole career. But with a guy whose ball dominant, such as LeBron, right, what does he do? Right, that is the overall, you know, question. Now, do I think the Lakers can figure it out? Sure, right? They have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. They have, you know, veteran guys. They are old. I, I think they need to stop playing so many big guys and put Anthony Davis more at the, at the center spot. I think they're going to be more successful that way. 
with having Westbrook and LeBron on the floor and also need to stagger minutes between LeBron and Westbrook. So Westbrook could get more burn at the point guard spot and LeBron could get more burn without Westbrook on the floor. So they can have more opportunity to operate in the paint and do stuff they're supposed to do. Right. LeBron shooting about 10 threes a game right now, shooting a very good percentage, but that's not, you know, I know why LeBron's shooting more jump shots. It's more because of his age and anything like that too, but it's also because the paint is not very open. And I think that needs to be said too and needs to be highlighted when we talk about the Lakers going forward. So that's going to wrap it up here. Um, thank you guys for listening to the short little podcast I put together. Uh, like I said, future episodes are going to be coming out. Also, check out for that students, the Amherst Student Sports Podcast where I interview Amherst athletes. This episode will be on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and uh, I hope you guys check it out and enjoy the content. So I'm Mike Shredder, and I'm signing off. Have a good rest of your week, and I will see you guys soon. If you like that clip, subscribe to Shred Takes Podcasts for more content and videos uploaded on this channel.